right, Daniel. We witnessed United getting 4.5 XG. Exciting stuff against Chelsea. How are you doing? <laughs> oh, man. That was that was much better. Yeah. Really I mean, was. It's still the same United with just more effort, really, in a lot of ways. Also, Chelsea, absolute dog shit. They really are, aren't they? I was impressed, I have to say, with how much effort and coordination there was with the front four pressing. Often Bruno goes on his own and it just disrupts everything, but they seem to be more coordinated and it resulted in a lot of turnovers. And I th- thought it really put Chelsea under pressure. So that was the first thing, right? They just worked harder, I think. But they also created a lot of chances, 28 shots in that game from United. Yeah. And a lot of them good shots, the shots yeah. they should have scored from. I mean, they... I mean, we, we, we kind of find ourselves with uh, the, the McTominay paradox now. Yeah. Where the team is worse for having him in it. <laughs> he keeps scoring fucking goals. It's amazing. He is and, so clean in those in those situations, isn't he? I mean, he's a good goal scorer. I hope you're tempted to play him at number nine. He's, he's a good goal scorer. He gets in the right positions, could potentially have had a hat trick. And yet he made 21 passes and there's a giant gaping hole in midfield whenever Chelsea attacked yeah I, I you can you can as I keep saying you can wear one player like that and that but that has to be Bruno and I shudder to think what might happen at Anfield yeah if the midfield has him and Bruno in it yeah yeah and the, the defense is still going to have Maguire in it yeah it's under pressure yeah I mean it, it means that there's it's sort of do not pass go do not collect your 200 quid isn't it with united they just every team since they work out they can just bypass that midfield with it and i don't mean by long balls i just mean a rapid transition then united are in trouble it just happens to be that chelsea are one of the few sort of i don't know mid-ranked clubs that are less efficient than us at scoring goals Uh, and that was helpful today (laughs) we can we can find ways to beat most of the teams below us at home. Yeah, that those games and those games aren't really the problem. It's some of the some of the other games. It's the it's the impossibility of beating anyone half decent away because we can't compete in midfield properly. And with like the, the received wisdom had sort of become that Ten Hag tells United to go man to man in midfield, and that means that. The players, the opposition know that, so they pull the midfield players away and that leaves space for um, other players to fill. But apparently he was asked about that in the press conference yesterday and he said that's not true. The players are sent out to do zonal and it just happens like that, which is mind-boggling if true. Well, yeah, and it looks like Amrabat was one versus three in the zone as in those transitional moments. And I just I just think with Scott, it's... Uh feel like a beat up on him a lot because his limitations it's it's just such a it's a question every single week he's in the team will the will the will his goal scoring outweigh the limitations the technical limitations and attack especially the tactical ones and today the goal scoring did and at Brentford it did uh, and most often it does not but he'll get deservedly lots of praise today yeah, every every week, every time, every week game that Tomine is in the team, it kind of feels a bit like a week not a game not spent getting better, because 
the future of this team. It just, it just can't be him. But the way he took the first goal in particular was beautiful because he doesn't, he sort of composes as the ball comes down. And you can see that he's like working out what he's going to do. And the way, yeah, he's, he is, it's, as you said, he's, he's a great finisher. We've been saying, saying it last season again. Remember, we say after we thrashed these ones, he's, and at that point, I think we were saying he was a really good finisher sort of around the edge of the box. But he's also become much better closer to goal. And he is very helpful. I I feel like this goal-scoring spree has made me think, on the one hand, obviously, he might make him a sellable asset. But on the other hand, he's quite useful to have around. And he's someone that I could conceivably want to actually have to bring on at the end of games, whether closing them down for some presence... Yeah. I want to give away niggly free kicks 20 yards from goal from which we don't concede. That sort of thing. <laughs> oh, also, if you're chasing the game, he knows how to score. But if you're trying to become good... The, the thing I worry about with... Yeah, it's not him, is it? Yeah, sorry sorry for interrupting. But yeah, I I, the, I think I feel about him the way I felt about Mara and Fellaini, which is like that that argument with Fellaini was, well, we could get the ball up to him. He call, he's a chaos agent and he causes some trouble and he gets into the back post and nods one in. And he did frequently. It's just United were dreadful with him in the side and it's too tempting. When, when Fellaini came on, they just couldn't help themselves but bang it long to him. And with McTominay, I, I feel like it's less of a player problem because they don't pass to him because <laughs> they can't I... trust him. Uh, and uh, and it's more of a manager problem now. He's like, well, this this lad can get me some goals because I don't trust my it's... forwards. Which was which of the front four that started, Hoyland, Garnacho, Bruno and Anthony, four goals and three assists between them in the Premier League this season <laughs> before tonight. And three and three of those were by Bruno. <laughs> so it's just like, it's, he's like, well, this lad can score goals. Yeah, and he can. Because he's a good finisher. I mean, it's funny you said that when you were talking about the, the various players in the team, because during this game, when we had that kind of lull around, like, it sort of was drifting in the second half of it. To be, to be fair to them, they upped it again. But when it was drifting, I was kind of sat there thinking, there's still quite a few cunts in this team. <laughs> I don't want the ball to go to. And there are just a few, a few too many yeah. where you think <laughs> this minute's going to die now. Yeah, I mean, I guess the fortunate thing with McTominay is he barely ever gets on the ball. It, it is remarkable for a central midfielder that he gets he gets it so infrequently. But he pops up in those those third man runs, right position, time and time again. It's it's, it's I just actually, uncanny. I really. actually thought that I'm uh, talking about players I don't want the ball to go to. Dallas is crossing. Has been really useful in the last in the last few games. Scotting in general is good, but he's starting to it's starting to matter. In the he's starting to make stuff happen in the box in the, in the in the box now, and he's still not good enough. Obviously, I still wouldn't have given him a contract. Still be happy for him to go elsewhere, but he he's out attacking output is make, is helping us at the moment. I think. Yeah, he seems to be ahead of Wampazaka. I mean, it's hard to tell, isn't it? Because they. Ten Hag has been chopping and changing that around. So anyway, look, this was positive from United. It felt so much better. Just the, I mean, obviously the victory, but just the amount of chances created. Still got the same old problems of look, look very highly vulnerable in the transition and and very inefficient at, at scoring. I mean, five big chances today. That's a, that's a hell of a lot. That is, and couldn't put them away. And Rasmus, I mean. 
He's just he. Uh, that was one of his worst games. He just was not. Yeah, he, he, I agree. He didn't, he didn't play well. What, it's the so, but but what what choice does Ten Hag have? Because Anthony Martial, who who didn't break a sweat, I don't think at the weekend. Just I so I don't mind you know, that so. playing and not playing well in all the games. That's what happens. And he's only going to get better by playing the games. It's the same when I see Martial and the team. I think. You might have a good day and we might win and I'll be pleased, but it's not helping us move the team on if, if you're playing. I, I was saying to a mate before, like this afternoon when we were wasting the day talking about United, that part of me is just like a real raft of them where I just would like tip them all out. All the ones that I feel are sufficiently culpable, incriminated, whatever you want to say, by all the shenanigans of postwork you will miss years. So like Rashford, for example, and I, I have so a lot of sympathy for him. Because as I keep saying, with stability and good players around him, he's brilliant miles better than he is, but he isn't. I mean he's been fluctuating wildly for quite a lot of managers now. I mean even Dallas played for Marine through Dallas third, all these teams and part of me just thinks I just want this team to be full of players don't have that in their psyche. So, because when you see the way the Garnacho approaches it, it just plays with a different kind of aggression, I think, to some of the others that, that just have all those bad experiences. In <laughs> Haven't been tainted I yet. mean, Garnacho, yeah, I thought, was that excellent. He, he, he was, was good, by the way. Today. He's just yeah. showing more that Every like he's he's going up levels, and you can see it happening. He's not just running fullbacks. He's not just got calm finishes. He's not the goals. He's got acrobatic finishes. There was a brilliant cross to the goal today. The way he fit that in, and what I also like was that there were two of them that were under it, and I felt like we were trying to get more men into the box quicker today than than previously. And I'm so I was pleased about that as well. Yeah, I thought he was excellent all round. I mean, I mean, talk talk to. About Marcus, I mean Marcus is not good off the right. We know Ten Hag likes Anthony. Garnacho is in the team on merit now, not just because of the wonder goal, which, by the way, was quite hilarious when he tried it again <laughs> today. Uh, he just couldn't help himself, could he? But it's gonna—it's a long road back for for Marcus Rashford now because he's got he's got the what Ten Hag likes in Anthony: the pressing from the front. And the composure on the ball. Obviously, there's zero output there, but he's got a a a, a who appears to be improving by the week and, and getting more mature. This is, I thought, his best performance just because of the all roundness of it. Did most things right. Not everything. He had a good game against most of the right choices. Was, it a good, was there a so, good game he had? But maybe this was off the bench against West Ham in the League Cup last season, perhaps. But I, I mean, I know what you mean. I thought I agree. It was what, definitely one of his better games, if not his best. And, I, I thought that I feel Anthony's played well in the last few weeks, and I thought I thought he played well in the European yeah, game he, as well. He, yeah, I thought he played well tonight. I don't. I'd like. I still like to see Mount there when he's fit to see how he can play there. But we've now got some options in that area. The possibilities actually like there's none of them are fucking good enough. But there's some, there's some competition for places. I said that at the beginning of the, in pre-season that I thought that if I was Rashford, 
I'd be learning to play centre-forward. I'd be thinking really hard about how I could adapt my game to be able to play centre-forward because I felt like Garnacho was coming. You could just see that. Just when you've got... Just just the two things that we really knew about him for sure from what we saw last season is ridiculous pace and ridiculous composure in front of goal at pace. Just those two things are enough to make you a factor in the Premier League if you've got those two things. And yeah, we're seeing just lots more. And uh, yeah, he, he, he's good. And I want, I wonder yes. if he can be, yes. I wonder if he can be what Rashford is, that goal threat running throughout to in, but also a bit more, a bit more wind play perhaps. Well, it's, it's interesting. Uh, I would not have been able to tell you when Ronaldo was 18 that he would be the kind of player that would score consistently 40 goals a season for 10 years in a row or 15 years in a row or 20 or whatever it is with him. Uh, and so I couldn't tell you that about Garnacho now. He doesn't look like that kind of player where he's sort of getting in the right positions and make, making the right choices all of the time and, or getting enough shots off. Uh, but he may well develop that. And you know, the speed of development, if he can get a good run in games and no injuries, could well be rapid. Who knows with these younger players? He's, he's definitely got a really high ceiling, though, hasn't he? Maybe, maybe it's completely unfair making that, that comparison. He's good already. But, he's, yeah. Was good already, yeah. I don't know. You or anyone else, when you're watching these particular dickheads play and they're defending a one-goal lead and they say, like, half an hour, 20 to go. You have to find yourself thinking, yep. you know what? Just fucking concede now because it's inevitable. If you do it now, then there's actually time to reverse the situation. Just come back. Whereas <laughs> I feel that I don't trust it not to come at a time when it's irretrievable. I don't know. That, that was... That... There, were, there were a couple of moments as well for Chelsea, a couple of balls coming in from the right where they just missed it and I was like, oh, God. Uh, what did you make of um, Cole Palmer's goal? I mean, obviously a lot of composure, but I was looking at uh, the goalkeeper.com model. Uh, it's John Harrison on on Twitter who who does that, who said that 81% of goalkeepers in the Premier League at Premier League standard were the safe. 81%. And it's just based on 81% based on like the pace of shot. Yeah, I felt like the angle of the shot, like if you look at it, it's right inside the post. It looks like one the goalkeeper should save. It looks like one that one of the defenders should deal with as well. But when you actually try and isolate, when you see what happened and try and isolate where the errors were, I didn't find it that easy to do. Of course, you look at it, if someone scores from it, how's the keeper not getting to that? But then when you see it, I sort of feel like I, I can see how you did get to that. And, it reminded me Eric scored a couple of goals like that. One against QPR where he runs through and, and then there's one um one against Tottenham in ninety five, ninety six when these were busy getting smashed by Miller in the in the, in the rumble of those cup final and only appearance in any kind of FA Cup final in my lifetime. Fuck off Leeds. Anyway. <laughs> any excuse for a cheap dig. <laughs> We digressed, yeah. I, I, was, I remember when Leeds got to the 1987 FA Cup, FA Cup semi-final and they played Coventry, I said to my dad that I wanted, I wanted Leeds to win because Coventry had knocked United out. And my dad said, we never want Leeds to win in this house. 
And I said, I think, I think that's fair enough. Harrison said on that on that Twitter thread that he thought the the problem was technical. That he doesn't, and this this tracks with the the discussion about the two goals that he conceded against Galatasaray. That he thinks he can get down quicker by collapsing rather than taking the step and then going. And that it's a technical flaw in his game. And one of those that they've, they te- apparently, I can't remember, it might have been said on one of the other podcasts, but they tested at Ajax and it's true, he can get down quicker through that technique. But of course, when you're getting right across your goal, then not taking the step is you know, obviously making yourself a foot shorter, basically. I don't know, who knows? I played, the highest standard I played goalkeeper to was my school team and I was crap and out of the team. <laughs> seems, so uh, I really a keeper of any... Any standard came along. I guess, so, yeah. What do I, guess, I know? You're seven for seven. I never in the door. I never, I never had you down as a goalkeeper, but now I think about it, it makes, it makes perfect sense. I just had to fall over, <laughs> yeah. Robert Wadlow, one for your Guinness Book of Records, <laughs> 80s aficionados. I, I think I agree with what the thing with him is that some of the errors you see him make are not just dropped bollocks, but a facility, a product of the way he goes about keeping goal. Feels like it, yeah. A lot of the ones, a lot of the ones he saves, look up, look, untidy, and you'll see, how the fuck's the ball gone off in that direction? What's he doing? Yeah, he looks, he looks like a dodgy keeper. He saves, he makes great saves, <laughs> and he drops colossal bollocks. Yep. There's no, there's no particular reason to think that's going to change. It might change a little bit as he gets more confident and plays a better defenders as we try and keep the ball away from him as much as possible. He hit one lovely pass tonight, but I can't remember any others. Maybe though, but maybe again as we get better and get Martinez back and maybe Casemiro maybe in the team that we'll see a bit more of what he was actually bought yeah. for. But I think to see the full range. And he was quick out to... The one I want yeah. to say was good. He was quick out to Nicholas Jackson. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry, Nick Jackson, you're not for real, etc. <laughs> I'm sorry, Nick Jackson, but I feel, yeah. I feel like I should... Yeah. I bottled singing that, I'm not sure. I actually, we started <laughs> singing that after Rangers away. We were out in some random club, maybe in Glasgow, and um, this, um, this, yeah, yeah, he came back. on. And one of my friends was singing, I'm sorry, Darren, and apologizing to Fletcher for all the years. He thought that he was shite. Uh, <laughs> all the yeah, abuse, exactly. yeah. But I don't, he's got a lot of work to do to get good. But I think also we won't be able to reap the full benefit of what he's meant to have as a playmaker until we have someone on the, on the right that can take the ball properly. I mean, Dallow sort of can. But, and he can sort of play that inverted role as well. But yeah, he does. I can see why he's keeping it simple. But the whole point of him being there is not to keep it simple in that sense. It's to, like, it's well, point is having, if, we, if you've got a yeah. crap goalkeeper who can pass, at least you've got a crap goalkeeper who can pass. If you've got a crap goalkeeper who's punting it long every five seconds, then what's the, what's the point of that? Yeah. I, I did look at the data on that one, uh, which is a bit sad. Uh, and I think, generally speaking, the percentage of long has definitely dropped with yeah. Anana. What, 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 what you want, because he's such a good passer, 
is those kind of in between the lines passes where he's able to get it through the press into like either the wide fullbacks or uh, one of the midfield players, and that that's what you're looking for from him, I think, if he's if he's going to play that role. Uh, anyway, he didn't drop a bollock tonight, uh, which, which is good. Well, he, but we're not sure. We, <laughs> we're not sure. Someone, like someone, yeah, Just half someone that knows more about goalkeeping than we do. Basically, said that uh, he did. He dropped quite quite a significant one actually. But yeah, uh, it's yeah. It just doesn't look as significant, so he'll probably get away without the the back page head. Cole Palmer has a really interesting. I mean, I don't know if he's ever going to be someone who's quite good enough to play at the level United want in that position. But he's quite. He's quite an interesting player, I would say. The way he sort of expresses himself on the pitch is is, is quite interesting. He's got those kind of... Because he looks like he's moving quite slowly, but he's thinking quickly, which is also yeah. surprising when you hear him chatting. He doesn't give off massive vibes. Thinking quickly vibes. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, he has some... Yeah. He's not he that quick. Some, he has some so, serious football it, intelligence, it, I think. yeah. He does, and he's he's sort of been playing off the right, I think, mostly, hasn't he, for Chelsea? And I think that's where, like, his lack of pace maybe is limitation. But when he drifts inside, he's obviously, uh, he's, like, technically sound. And another option, one of 490 options that Gareth Southgate has in attacking areas uh, that he and won't Aaron, use Aaron any of, uh, England, but nine men behind and, the ball. Poch- I thought yeah. Amrabat played quite well today, especially in the second half. And... So the thing with Amrabat, what he I don't right. get right. is you bought, you, you loaned him because you knew him, not you, obviously, Eric Tenner, I'm talking to you, imagining that he is listening to me. Is that sort of almost the Wandy Bray does when, <laughs> oh, he's crossed that and he said, why don't you take that song? He said, thank you very much, I'm real. He's like, what do you think? We're playing golf tonight. Yeah. Like, <laughs> fucking imagine the conversations that he would have with himself. <laughs> Fully editorialising. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, you Ten Hag got Amrabat on loan because I mean he was free, obviously, but also because he knew the player, so he must have thought he was good enough to do something, and has assiduously used him as sparingly as possible. And don't really, yeah. And I mean, I think he started the, the Galatasaray game, but previously it felt like why we've we've needed someone for that position, we've needed some field stability, and if he shit. Why did you get him? And if he isn't shit, what? We ran out of money. Right, but then don't give why, but why him? Get someone else. If you think he's like, don't, you can't get him. Sorry, he's shit. Get him just to have someone. Because you must be able to find someone who would be better. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think it's, not... uh, it's, all, it's all the transfer planning, right? They just spunk 60 million on Mason Mount, who they just, who, Ten Hag quickly realised wasn't the player he probably wanted, and then they had no money. No, no I, I get. What, I like. I, just, I mean, there's still the Glazers making it have to be someone free. I'm just saying that is it's pointless getting someone free if you don't rate them. And the way he treated him after he arrived made it look like he didn't rate him. And we're busy like having teams run through the midfield. And I, I'm not saying that I think Amrabat is good enough. I don't feel I've seen enough of him to say one way or the other. But either you've you've got him and he's crap, or what you, you've just got to let him play and play his way into it. Because what 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 other options do you have? You need him to be you need him to be useful when you need him. I, 
definitely play him at Anfield. It won't happen, but I'd play him and Manu at Anfield. And I'd play uh, him, Manu, and Bree, like, and say, thank you, but no thank you, Scott. And yeah. what will happen is he'll probably score, play and score against Bournemouth and, as well. And you, yep. can, you can absolutely, you can absolutely convince, convince Eric to you play. You can absolutely yeah. see that. Yeah. And I'm really pleased for McTominay because he probably thought he was on his way out. And I would imagine part of him thinks he still might be. But he's, yeah, he's having some absolute moments. And he's someone that I, I always, like, I'd always have, he's the only, more or less the only one who turned up in Gdansk. And, Otherwise, otherwise, respect him for that. And actually, there was a time toward the end of Mourinho and at the beginning under Ole when he was one of the better midfield players that we had. If we hadn't had him, it would have been worse than it was. So, so yeah, I mean, I'm quite. Well, that was his other scoring purple patch. But yeah, it? this this scoring situation. So, yeah, fine. Like for me, I'd be I would be happy for him to stay as sort of that as someone you bring on at the end of games to either score or close them out. I think I think he, I think he's earned that, but. I must see him out of the first eleven as soon as possible because it's not. It is just about. It's not just about winning. It's about trying to turn yourselves into a better team. And we're not. We're not doing that with him as we. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're, we're just not. But I'll ask something completely different. I meant to the Bruno penalty. I here's something yeah. I do not understand about people that take penalties who are nervous and so. If you think about some of the penalties you see Bruno take, let's say the usually if it's a big penalty, he doesn't do the hop. Not always, but all, all, yeah, he always, always, it. right? So that tells me that feels like. And if you think about probably the, the most one of the most pressure penalties, I think he did hop in the cup final actually, which was maybe the most pressure penalty he's taken, but usually he doesn't. And the one against Brighton in the like twenty minutes after full time. He just drills it in the top corner. And then that, if you did, yeah. take a penalty like that or the one that Rashford took the other night, why would you not do that every time? Because if you can lash it high, the keeper can never save it almost. It has to, he has to stand still. Sure, hit. yeah, 90-something percent. You can't. And so if, yeah. you have, if you have the ability to do that, yeah. why are you doing that hop and then jabbing it for some novel keeper to save it? And just, I don't, I, I, don't, I mean, I have, the rationale, I think, is that he would say is that if the keeper goes, then obviously you just roll it where, where it isn't. And that's, and that's what happens side, most yep. of the time. And if he doesn't, then by the time you've hit it, it's too late. Right. Because he can't anticipate any longer. Yeah. It, unless you don't get it in the corner and it's a nice... It's or, a you nice get, or you get the top there. of the ball on your yeah. way down. I think that's another way it's, it can go wrong. But yeah, man, yeah. just... Okay, here's a... And you look like a dick. The penalties that Bruno has missed for United, there's, I think, are there four of them now? And I don't know the answer to this, but how many of them were with the hop? I don't, I don't expect you to know the answer either, but... It's, I'm, I'm, it's one of the ones that Stathead probably has on... Uh, I'm hypothesizing uh, that the massive sample size... So that massive sample size of four, I bet all of them are with the hop. But I don't know. Yeah. I cannot remember. Uh, but yes, I think you look like an idiot when you do it. Uh, and uh, it generally works for him. He's got a pretty pretty good record, hasn't he? I, I'm not sure. Four, four missed out I mean, he of had, how many? He had that taken. one season, didn't he, where he so, got loans. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Well, that's Chelsea. Before we move on to the Bournemouth game, like all the weird stuff that came out after the Newcastle loss, including a bunch of back page stuff, which got four journalists banned from the Friday or the Tuesday presser saying that, well, it, it was Cave on Sky that started it, but a bunch of other outlets also reported it, saying that 50% in the dressing room were unhappy and they're unhappy with Ten Hag's training methods. And obviously Trent Ten Hag was asked about this and he sort of answered in a, yeah, I listened to all the players. A couple will say something different kind of way, which created a second wave of headlines misinterpreting that what do you make of all that nonsense i mean who the fuck in this dressing room is like whinging to their agent who's whinging I, to the to, to katar's cave yeah, i don't mad. know i thought it was interesting that in his interview afterwards mackie t said like where there's a mentality to improve because like, it felt like there'd been a bit of heads have been banged after that newcastle atrocity it felt like um, it felt like heads had been banged, and the players were actually that was a bit embarrassing. We've made proper billions of ourselves there, which is true. But you've also made proper billions of yourself scoring three times in three Champions League away games and getting one point and chucking away two two goal leads against Galatasaray, <laughs> yeah. other leads against Galatasaray, leads against two goal leads against and all the rest of it. But when Mackie T was asked where they got the mentality to go to improve today, he goes, it was from the manager. And he then went on to say, and he'd be really good at giving him just light training to get them ready for the games, which was felt like the opposite of what the report said. So it felt like that was, mm. was that like him sort of, I mean, it's a bit of him buying the teacher and Apple, but also I get, I guess, He's good at that, though. Manager's player of the year. Really? Yeah, well, that was the nearest Mourinho could get to giving it to himself. But he, I mean, he also, he's not a bullshitter. I guess he probably feels that it's the case. And it's a tr- tricky one that we can criticise yeah. the rumour that may, must be working, or whatever, he must be working too hard because they're getting with a muscle injury. But we're also seeing him get out running every game. And what can we do about that other than run there, have them, have them run hard to get fit? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, I mean, it always, it definitely, I mean, obviously we're going to feel better tonight because United won and it was a, a much improved performance. What it felt like after Newcastle was the kind of last stage of I, I, I don't, I don't. Uh, situation yeah. and, and, and compounded by that, that, that kind of leaking from the dressing room. Maybe that's just total bollocks and we all kind of I, misinterpreted I it. I don't think it's um, that. So. I mean, I, I write for a newspaper, so. I don't ever want the press to be bound from stuff, but I don't exactly though. I mean, I you generally do when you're publishing negative stuff about a, a club, you, you you run it past them for you give them the right of reply. Just as a United fan, I mean, I guess it's like good for Ted after asserting some authority. It's just good for the players need to see him asserting authority. He needs to act authoritatively with them. And so I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't particularly yeah, yeah. object to it. It felt, and I know the Newcastle performance was poor, and it probably won't be the last one. We will probably see some horrible performances away to away to some of the better clubs, but I don't feel in a rush to judge him. Although there are this, and I said it to someone before the game tonight. And I say, and obviously, their messages me when we're talking. They scores that. <laughs> 
that particular blind spot is making you not totally understand what the plan is. And but I, yeah, I, I think that, that. Yeah. you're starting to the, the players in the dressing room. Are, like it's nice to have like Manu and Garnacho, just some young, some young players who will be quite impressionable still to be able to learn some to learn some good habits. And training hard mm. seems to be a good one to have. And yeah, I just it's just I'm, we're not at training. We don't know about the stuff, so we can't say that he's overtrained them. We can say that there have been a lot of soft tissue injuries that might come from overtraining, but we can also say that they're constantly getting outrun, so get fitter. Yeah. I, I, I'm i not bothered about him banning journalists. It seems to be quite narrowly framed and a, a slap on the wrist uh, for this one particular press conference because he felt slighted. Uh, in some way, or maybe it just came from the press department rather than Ten Hag. Who knows? He doesn't. But that's fine. In, in a in a wider context, I I wouldn't believe this would like encourage anyone to write anything more positive. People are going to write what they feel is a stand up. What I would say is he doesn't give yeah. off. He doesn't seem <laughs> dastardly like Fergie, who might deliberately engineer this kind of thing to take a track attention away from someone. He doesn't seem like that kind of individual. It does seem much more like we could take it at face value. He didn't like he didn't like what they wrote. He doesn't think it's true. They didn't give him the right of reply. So there's a response. It felt more like that than with Fergie. It felt more often that there were various other agendas at play. And I, I didn't. I didn't. Always. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. One of my favourite Fergie videos is that one where he's he's coming through the tunnel. At, uh, I think it's after the game and he's leaving. And what, it was the Daily Mail journalist whose name I'm completely forgetting now. He'd been there for years and years and years. And Fergie absolutely launches into him and calls him fucking Lindsay this, Potter. fucking that. How could you write this? I don't that was, that was so. a joke. That was a joke. Uh, Lindsay Potter was some right wing nutcase columnist to my grandma. I used to like in the right. 80s. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to reach into the back of my brain and remember which journalist it was. Anyway, he, he bollocks him. And then the guy goes, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. And then Fergie goes, oh, and how are you doing? And uh, how's your mum? And like, it's just like completely switches in an instant. Uh, and was, yeah, anyway, he's, he was dastardly Eric, uh, te- uh, Ferguson and Ten Hag is a technocrat. So, you know, if it all made us feel better for my five microseconds and uh, created some kind of, you know, them versus us mentality, fine. I, I do think it's, always rather worrying when after a bad result a player feels the need to go running off to his agent to shit on the manager like what is going through their head that makes them think that this is good uh, anyway <sighs> Bournemouth on Saturday three o'clock we beat all the teams that are below us and lose to the ones above us right so this is going to be a fairly I don't know if it'll win. be fairly comfortable but yeah I think I wonder if this one, I wonder if we might see Rashford through the middle in this one, because a lot of games coming up, you have certain players that dropping them, leaving them out, attracts attention. Happen with Maguire's. Rashford is going to be another one of those players that if he's constantly like photos of him on, in the paper and pictures of him on the telly looking sullen and glum on the bench or whatever, then you can see that starting to create a little bit of just outside annoyance where there's sort of pressure to almost play him. Well, I wonder I wonder if he might... Yeah. With, with all the games coming up, I guess, you, he, he's going to need to... He's going to play some of them. Garnacho is exhausted at the end today, putting a proper shift. 
So he's easy. And with uh, Bayern and Liverpool coming up soon, yeah. I mean, maybe you play be, Rashford. Uh, it might be. Uh, yeah, maybe you play Rashford yeah. on the left and you play Garnacho on Wednesday or Tuesday or Tuesday. Maybe, maybe you do that. I never thought that Ten Hag would. He doesn't seem to be one that would bow to any kind of pressure. I mean, he doesn't, he's, or, or in fact, retain a long term grudge, except against Jaden Sancho. That's not really reasons. a grudge. That's, um, you I mean, apologize all day. I mean, I saw a, this yeah. photo of Sancho this week where yeah. he's all fit again. And it's just like, I don't, I don't, I'm not judging you. I don't know what's going on in your life. But if you're, you've got this row with your manager, and if in the process of not playing or whatever, you've got yourself into the shape of a football player, then would it not occur to you that maybe the manager might be right about at least something and that you might owe some kind yeah. of... And I don't need him to apologise. I don't need him to be made to feel inferior, apologise to the manager, apologise to the squad. Well, he does probably owe... Maybe, or maybe probably does owe the manager some kind of contrition. It's not about that. It's just I'm intrigued to... like. Intrigued to know what he what he's thinking. You're, you're getting into shape to get a December move, right? Fine, but why weren't you why weren't you in shape before? I, I don't. And I, it's a shame. I mean, he's obviously yeah. going to leave now, and it's a shame. I thought I thought the last season under Ten Hag would be the season where he really became important, and it didn't happen. And I was I'm not surprised that it's not. I felt like by the end of the last season, it felt like I. Personally, I felt like I'd seen all I needed to see of him to know that he was never going to be someone we could rely on. And uh, and that's proven true. And and, and but the the wider point I was making is that players drop in and out of the team. I mean, Harry Maguire was out the team for ages. We thought he was like sixth choice and would never would never play for the club again. And because he started like three games in the Premier League, and now his first name on the team sheet did do one Harry thing today where he. Nearly trod on the ball and <laughs> there is also that time he turns up on the right <laughs> bank and, and it just like stays there and like reaches yeah. about. Yeah, I'm going to play him. I'm going to control the control it from him. Yeah. So I mean, it just seems like if Rashford wants to be back in the team permanently, he's just got to put in better performances. Same with all of you them. Know what? And uh, that's no bad. You thing know what Maguire reminds me of, and obviously I've never played with him, so I can't say it's him. But in uh, almost every level of football, there'll be. A often older, if it's men's football, but often older, usually slow, very loud, aggressive centre back who thinks that he reads the game. So he's busy like giving mouth to various people and talking to his own team constantly. Like he's sort of marshalling, he's marshalling the back fall on me. Like all and it, that, that, that's what I imagine playing with Harrison Maguire is like. Well, then he played the right tonight. I know a few of those. I did when I was playing crap football, yeah. So, there you go. He played okay tonight, I thought. All righty. He played all right. He did all right. He did some good stuff. I just couldn't help a little jab at him for uh, treading on the ball. All right. I think probably a comfortable win at the weekend. We'll be back. <laughs> probably Thank a comfortable you, win at the weekend. For... Go on. <laughs> Maybe, maybe. Although we do, to, uh, as as Wayne always says, uh, we we do manage to play to the level of the opposition. So a one nil win, uh, fairly comfortable. Forty seven shots, two on target, uh, will be about it. Something like that. Please. 